0: thinking about connect sunday and have you guys we all have those friends don't we some of you're like oh where's he going with that not not there i'm not going there but we all have those friends and what i love about those friends is they put you in those moments you know what i'm talking about like you got those moments and some of you're like oh i don't want to tell anybody what i did but others like yeah we jumped off or we did this and we do all these things i was just kind of thinking about this in my own life what are some of those moments and The very first moment I really remember was in a time in West Virginia. Uh, Yeah, I moved around a lot. And uh, so we're in West Virginia. Now, you got to understand, in my house, the way that it was, was this. And so when my mom, when I would leave stuff around, she would say this. She says, son, listen, when you leave that here, it becomes public property. Meaning, anyone gets to come and take what you left behind. And I was like, okay, mom. So this is how I grew up. And so... We're in West Virginia. It's spring break. I'm early in my middle school years, and I have this best friend. His name's Carvel. Carvel was awesome. Carvel was a man of God and a middle schooler, so praise God for Alliance. I was not living for God, uh, but he was. And so, anyways, we really wanted to build a tree house. So, I followed the teachings of my mom that says, if there's anything laying around, it's public property. It's mine. So, we... Uh, Well, uh, don't judge me just yet. I'm being redeemed. So ironically, we lived in West Virginia. If you haven't been there, it's just full of trees, all right? It's just, it's a forest. Uh, And so where we were living, on the top of this one hill, there's a lumber yard. And guess what they did not hear from my mom? They forgot what my mom said, that if you leave stuff lying on the ground, it becomes public property. So we built our tree house from all the stuff that they left lying on the ground. (laughs) so that's how we did it it was a great tree house and so praise God for them because they gave a lot to us so we built windows we built stairs we built a bathroom it was all it was great the blessing of God was on us the nails were free the hammers were free it was it was great I didn't buy a single thing the hand of God was just all over that may or may not be true I don't know but and, and so, anyways, we're building this thing, right? We're building this treehouse. It's epic. It's like every middle schooler's dream right here manifesting. And all of a sudden, these local, uh, I guess you'd call them troublemakers now or wannabe gang, whatever. Uh, anyways, they, they just, they're just that type over there, right? And so, they didn't like the fact that they did not have a treehouse like Carvel and I had a treehouse, and so they wanted to do something about it. And so what they did is they took all eight, eight of them at the time. They come running over, and it's just Carvel and I. And they pretty much say to us, hey, this is now ours. And I'm like, doing the math, that's eight. One, yeah, I'm out of here. Like, I, you can have it, right? And then I remember, shoot, it's not just me. It's Carvel. He's here too, and I can't abandon my friend. I'm not like that. So I'm going to stay with my friend. I'm going to fight with my friend. And so, and I'm like, and he's like, and I look at him like, dude, are we leaving? He's like, no, we're not leaving. This is ours. We built this. So true story, picks up one of the many hammers we found, picks it up, and I'm like, yeah, shoot, yeah. Bring it. Bring it. So I got a hammer in my hand. I'm like, if you want to grab it, come take it. You know, like, we're ready to throw down. Is this how it is? It's West Virginia. There's no parents around here. Um... they sent us over the hill. So anyways, so we do it. But it was so amazing because, no, 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 I actually didn't hit anybody with the hammer. It never actually came to that. Because I learned in that moment that when you're just simply ready to stand your ground, it's amazing what can happen. You know, but I, ne- I wish I could tell you that it was my idea. It wasn't. It was Carvel's idea. And he was just one of those friends In one of those moments that helped put something on the inside of me, and I was just, in reflecting, I'm like, oh my goodness, if it wasn't for him and in that moment, I wouldn't have known what it's like to stand your ground. I wouldn't have known the appreciation you get when you work for something and then defend it. When you you fight for something and then you stand that way. It's amazing because there's tons of people who say, You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. And you're like, No, I can. And it's amazing because they kind of, you see who's really down for this. Sometimes they're just testing you in that moment. And it was just one of those moments. And so I wanted to kind of reflect and honor him for being that really first moment. And I wanted to title this message More Than Friends. More Than Friends. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, We're more than friends. Some of you got really excited right there. You're like, we're more than friends. We're more than friends. I love it. I love it. Abraham, are you here? Is he here? There he is. Abraham, come on. Can you stand up for me, Abraham? This is Abraham. And I just, I just wanted to tell you, it's your worshiping. I don't know if you know this guy, but you need to know him truly, sincerely. He's amazing. Your story is incredible. What you've overcome is incredible, but what I love about you is that just from watching, you wouldn't even tell that there's a story that you carry. You're so full of joy, so full of life, and I just wanted to bless you, my friend, because God is not done with you yet. He's got more for you. He's got way more for you, and specifically, here's what I see for you. Relationships are going to increase this year. This year, they're gonna, they're gonna, you're gonna see them doubling and a tripling. What you just pour into them, yes, but what you get out of them at the same time. There's gonna be new connections coming your way this year, my friends. So God bless you, God bless you. We love you, we love you, we love it. So, anyways, more than friends, more than friends. How do we become more than friends? And again, I was just so thankful that. We have those people. We have this church that can do that. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12. It says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I learned that that day with Carvel. That one may be overpowered, two, not so much. Amen? Amen. Come on, our lives need those who are more than friends. So... The question then becomes, how do we get those who are more than friends, right? Like if we need, does everyone agree? Are we all on the same page? Let me say this. Are we all on the same page that we need those who are more than friends? Yeah. Like you could be in a really good position in life. You still need those who are more than friends. Like you can be having a life that's, oh, uh, you're not really comfortable with. But if you have those in your life that are more than friends, come on, we need some of those. And so we're all on the same page today. Yes? Good. Help me preach this, all right? I need your help. So I'm going to give you three parts, three parts to how you become more than friends. Not only will this help you become more than friends, this will also encourage you to be that one who is more than a friend, amen? So it's a double whammy for you today, and, and here, here's the benefit. Here's the benefit of going this way, being more than a friend. Who wants to grow in this place? Who, who wants to dream in this place? Who wants to wake up alive in this place? Who wants to wake up feeling like you're not stuck in this place? Who wants to feel like they can go every day accomplishing more than what they did the day before? That's what happens when you surround yourself with those that are more than friends. Am I selling you yet? I hope I am. I hope I am. Because it's so important because those you surround yourself with will either help make who you are or help make you who you are. There's really... You're catching what I'm saying. Those people that you surround yourself with will help make you who you are. I want those who are more than friends who can see not just the, the negative stuff in me, but can see the positive stuff as well. So part number one is this. Be comfortable with close. Be comfortable with close. This is tough. Have you guys, you ever got that message on your phone that says, hey, bro, hey, I don't know what girls do, but Hey. <laughs> Hey, girl, hey, hey, just, hey, just, just a little, little bit, just, just, I would practice it. He's like, hey, girl, hey, we, can we meet up to chat? You know, does anybody got that text or is it just me? I've gotten a lot of them. And everything, it's like not the hey, girl, hey. let me clarify, babe, I got the hey, bro, Love to chat with you this week. Yeah. Like, you got those, like I get those, you know? And I'm like, what do you do with that? Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you can't just do that to me. That's not fair. Like, do I need a notebook? Do like, like, am I in trouble? Like, what do you like? Give me a little bit with that, you know? It's like, you can't just tell me, hey, what time works for you? Like, well, how long though are we talking about? Like, you know, like. Wait, coffee? Is this a dinner discussion? A lunch discussion? Like, what is this? I don't. Anyways, so a couple years into my marriage, I had one of those, hey, bro, need to chat moments. Now, in this moment, I felt really good with where I was in life. I was doing what I wanted to do, I had fun doing what I was doing. My marriage was doing good. We're growing, we're learning. It was fun. Life was good. And a friend reached out to me because he, he felt like, even though I didn't see this, but he felt like I was carrying a chip on my shoulder. Like I was trying to prove to be something that I really wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so he, he, we talk and we have this conversation. I'd love to tell you I was super spiritual and holy and I received it. Mm-mm. So, uh I was mad, you guys. I was so mad. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, life is good, and you're going to bring up some chip on my shoulder like I'm trying to prove something to someone. I was like, oh, forget you. You know, it's like, I was mad. I didn't respond well back then. It was, I wasn't, I was mad. And so I had to go home, and it was like a week of me thinking on this, trying to figure out what is he talking about? What's he talking about? Well, sure enough, what he was, Pointing out, and what God was reminding me is there was a time when my wife and I got married, just some things went down in, my marri- or in, the, in the wedding day that I didn't properly forgive my family for. And because of this, it actually, I was walking around with this chip on my shoulder to say, you know what, Dad, you know what, Mom, I'm going to make my life better Despite what you said to me. Despite how you talked to me. Despite those things. So I was, I was bitter. I was angry. I was, I was upset. And I didn't forgive. And so I had to call the friend up and be like, you're right. I'm walking around with this chip on my shoulder. It is a true friend. And what happened is, is because you have to be comfortable with close. Here, here's the thing. You know... I didn't see the unforgiveness, but my friend did. I didn't see it. He did. He was just was close enough to be able to say, hey, by the way, you're walking around, and I know you. This isn't who you are, and th- this, this, we need to confront this. We need to deal with this. This was more than friend conversation. This was we got to be comfortable with close because this is hurting you and where God's calling you to be and what God's called you and destined you to achieve in this time, in this season. John 15, verses 1 through 2, says this. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be what? Even more fruitful. Even more fruitful. And you know what happened after that conversation? It challenged me to properly forgive. Not a little bit, not kind of. All the way, forgive, in a way that no longer keeps you bound, and no longer keeps you stuck in that place. And so now when someone offends me or someone harms me or, or someone misjudges me or miscategorizes me, I could trace it back to that friend who challenged me in an area that I did not see at the time, and I could trace it back and says, "You know, thank God for him, because he helped me do something I could not have done on my own. That's amazing, isn't it? So praise God. Hebrews 12, 6 says this. Hebrews 12, 6. It says, for the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Now, I'll be be honest with you, that discipline and punish is hard to hear sometimes. It's hard to hear if you have a context, though, of a father who doesn't love you. But it's really easy to understand if you're under the context of a father that loves you because it could say something like this, that your father loves you and doesn't want you to be bound by that which you're bound by. He will confront you. He will prune you. He will challenge you. He will remove things from your life that's prohibiting you from getting the things that you need to get. Amen? This is our God. This is our This is. Also, not just our Father, but this is also the church as well. This is the church to be those who are more than friends. And you know, while tough conversations are tough in the moment, don't they produce afterwards, though? Don't they produce? this one who's probably had more than my fair share. And I'll just be honest. Like, I got a lot. <laughs> so, But my wife's like, yeah, help me. Um, but... They always produce, though. They always produce. Amen? Amen. So be comfortable with? Ah, you guys are there. The whole front row. You're good. (laughs) So some people wake it up. That's good. Part number two. Part number two says this. Friends won't let you stay stuck. Friends won't let you stay stuck. I was a senior in high school, and I was involved in a pretty serious car accident at this time. And I was in a connect group at the time as well. My connect leader's name was Zach Johnson. I thank God for Zach Johnson. I'll tell you why, because the effects of this car accident left me isolated. Not, not from people, just for me. I, I couldn't be around people. It was hard, it was tough. The, the other thing is I was full of anxiety. And I had a massive, massive suicidal depression that I was battling at the same time. So the, the crazy part was, is I would keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing, and keep pushing people out of my life. Because I, I would say things that I didn't mean, but you know when you're hurting, you just say things that hurt others as well? That was me. And I just, but Zach, I, I praise God for Zach because he didn't care. He didn't care. He wouldn't let me stay stuck in that moment. And what he never knew, he doesn't know that to this day, but he would come over to my house, drive by and say, hey, you're not going to stay here. You're coming with me. He would take me to the movies. He would take me out to eat. But what he didn't know was before that was on the door, there was a razor in my hand trying to take my life no idea. He had no idea. I'm sharing it now, but he has no idea what his simple you will not stay stuck did for me. I am here because of a Zach Johnson connect leader who refused to be just a friend, but was more than a friend in my life. Praise God. Absolutely. We've got to have those that are more than friends. You might be that one right now where you know who who it is in you. You you might know the the Kenny situation. You might be the Zach. You never know what's happening by your simple action to stay more than friends. There's a situation in the Bible. It says this in Exodus 18. Exodus 18, verse 1. I'm going to jump around a couple of different verses But verse number one says this, Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, and father-in-law of Moses, heard of everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel, and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Jethro, verse nine, Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done in Israel. In rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians, he said, Praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh, and who rescued you from the people and the hand of the Egyptians. Pause just for a moment. So here's a moment. Got Jethro on one hand. He is the father-in-law to Moses. Moses is in a very good spot right now from what he's telling Jethro. Jethro has just heard of all of the amazing things that God has done for the, for Israel. You know what I'm saying? The whole getting of them out of slavery, crossing the, cross, crossing the sea, everything, everything to this point, he is now heard. He is now heard. And he's celebrating with Moses. So Moses, it could be then assumed, is in a good place. He's like, he's rocking, he's rolling, he's moving, he's the man. He just took Israel. He's a part of the fulfilled promise of God to take the Israelites out of captivity and put them into freedom. Yeah. Moses is part of that hand. He's a part of that answer and the promise. He could be feeling good right now. I would be, I'm just going to be honest. I'd be like, look at what I did. You know, like, <laughs> look it. Like, I would be having a little pip in my step. I would just be like, listen, like, listen. I'm going to have that, that little step. I'd be like, I know what I did. Thank you very much. Like, I know, I know what it took to do that. But it's interesting Because Jethro spends a day with Moses. He's spending the day with him, and he's seeing the workload Moses has. He's seeing it. He responds in verse 17. Moses, the father-in-law, replied, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Jethro was a more than friend to Moses. He refused all the good things. He could have justified, like, yeah, he took him out of Egypt. What more can I expect from this man? Jethro wasn't satisfied, he knew there was more in Moses at that point in time. So he says to Moses, hey, this is not good. You need to surround yourself. And gives them a plan, helps them to get unstuck from that moment moving forward. Amen? We need to have those in our lives that are more than friends. That's what Connect Helps us. That's what coming to church does. And by the way, if you're a volunteer in this church, thank you. And thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone, especially you guys in the back. Just thank you so much. Now, it's kind of funny because you guys are here. Well, there's two people here specifically that I didn't think was going to be here when I wrote this. So this would be kind of fun and transformative at the same time. Um, when I came to church, I was a hot mess. All right, I was a hot mess. Here's why. I, I How do I say this? I, I just was really, I was hurting. I was hurting. It was just failed relationships. It was it, it, not really having true connection. You know, people who are saying their one thing, but really not being that thing. And I, I, like I said, I'm not putting it all on them. There was, I, was a mess. I was a mess. I didn't make it easy for them. That's what I'm saying. I didn't make it easy, but it just, I was hurting. I was hurting. I, I, I wasn't healed. And so it was tough because you, you see the healing, you think of the healing, and yet it wasn't happening. And I just was, I was getting anxious and anxiety. And I just got all these things. I didn't know how to connect. And so as a result, I was anxious. I was low levels of self-worth. I just had all these, all these things. And, and as a result of this, when, when someone really has a self-worth, what happens? Well, for me, I lashed out, and I would try to get those around me to have the same level of worth that I had. That was me. So I, I didn't make it easy. But coming to this church, there were two people specifically that, made a, that, that helped me get through this. Marissa Pyle, here in the front... She's a boss, married to Sterling Pile. You guys are amazing. But before us, Sterling was in the pictures, this was Marissa. And then there was Paige. Yeah. Paige M. they got David now, but before David was there, it was Paige. These two ladies, each and every single week, it was like, from my perspective, it was didn't care about the ish that I had coming in. It didn't care about the words I would say. Paige in particular, she's a phenomenal basketball player, a phenomenal athlete, right? And she, She's phenomenal. So one of the things that I did not like, just and this is this is a real deal, like I don't like hugs. I don't like giving hugs at this time. It's it's actually not okay to, to do that. Um, so just not okay. But Paige and Marissa don't seem to care that I don't like hugs. They're actually, it's actually very insensitive, you think about it. no, I'm just kidding, but it's just but they, they didn't care. What they saw was just a person that God created. A person that God made and a friend to be. And what they chose to be was not let me stay stuck in my mess. Not let me stay stuck in my anxiety. Not let me stay stuck in my low self-worth. And so each and every time, hey, I'm so glad to see you. Hey, I'm so glad that you're here. Give me a hug. No, Paige would be, I'm not moving until you give me a hug. And so it's true, Paige. Like, it it was constant. It was constant. But you know what it did? You know what it did? Now I love hugs. I love hugs. I can handle hugs. I love giving Paige a hug because... Paige and Marissa, what they did is they would not le- let a friend stay stuck. They would not let a friend stay stuck. And as simple as that was to give a hug, it was life-changing and altering for me. Because now that I have a daughter, where well, they don't realize now they have a daughter. A lot of the things that you guys did with me, I'm doing to her. You never know what your actions can do. You never know. My daughter, and I kind of said this last time, but my daughter now, I will randomly say throughout the day, Hey, Dallas, Daddy loves you. Love you too, Daddy. Every time. Every time. We did it coming here. And you know what? You know where I learned it? Paige and Marissa. So glad that you're here. You're glad that you're here too. You know, it, it was, it comes out. Ain't that amazing? Ain't God good? So God used you two ladies to help heal a hurting guy and help truly become a friend. Can we give God a praise for these two? Amazing! Yes, thank you, guys. So, part three is this: friends become like family, and you kind of notice this that the parts that kind of bleed into each other. You notice how that happens. They just kind of it just keeps developing. It just keeps going. And the beauty of that is, is that it, when you keep becoming a f- more than a friend, and you bring others that are more than friends within you, it's you, you, there, it never ceases to be. It's limitless on the opportunities the growth the happiness the joy that just the amazing life you get to share hopefully that's coming across but isn't it so true that you don't pick your family we all should be yeah 100 percent. i didn't choose my mom like it just kind of happened it was like mama you know, like it was just there it just was there but I'll tell you what I did get to pick. I did get to pick my friends, huh, Rachel? I did get to pick my friends, huh? Beth? Like, I did get to pick that right there. And I'm so happy that I did. And, and I love my family. I love, I love my family. And God's doing amazing things in my family. It's amazing. Um, but due to proximity, they don't live here. Yeah. Yeah. They're just not here. They're spread out across the, the country. And so about a year ago, I had, some, I had my first real scare as a dad. I had my first real scare as a dad. And uh, it was like any other day. It really was. It was like any other day. My little baby girl was, was sleeping. And, and she's pretty like clockwork. Like she's uh, baby-wise. Hashtag baby wise. Like it, it was good. And so she was approaching that time when normally she wakes up. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, okay, cool. We'll give her 15 more minutes. Well, 15 minutes, she's still not up. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get her. It'll be fine. And so I get her. Long story short, and I go see her, and I start to, like, pick her up, and she's not responding like she normally does. And as I pick her up, her eyes go right back in the back of her head, and she just, like, limp, random. I'm like, okay, you know, and I'm I'm generally, I'm pretty calm. Like, I'm like, oh, no, like, no big deal. Like, I'm not in that fear place. I'm just, I'm not there. And so I take her downstairs. I'm trying to wake her up, but she's still, like, just, it's just limp. It's just, like, lifeless to me. And I'm like, what is going on? So I put her in the sink. And like I said, she's over a year old. And I put, like, water on her just to try to, like, get a reaction, you know? No reaction. It was like, like I wasn't doing anything. And I, at that moment, I was like, babe, we're going. We're going to the hospital. And we went to the hospital. It was about 90 minutes there. And, and I just we went, like, nothing was going on. Went, when we got there, the, the nurses were like, put her in the back. Like, it was, there was no sitting down. There was just it was straight in the back. And you know what happened in that moment? is I had a friend there named Hallie. Yeah. Hallie's amazing. Hallie's beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. Because Hallie was there in the beginning. She was with us. She's, she lives with us. And what yeah. happened is that in that moment, she could see, I'm, I'm guessing you could see like, where I was. The whole house was just like, this, this, isn't, this isn't Dallas. And she said, just get in the car. I'll get what you need. She gets what we need. She goes to the and she, she's waiting there with us at the room, more than a friend, More than a friend. It's become like family. And she waits there. She celebrates with us when we got the good report that everything's somehow miraculously fine. From a lifeless little girl to, it was just like like a switch just happened. But she was there. She was praying. She was helping, texting out, reaching out, helping us. Just like, hey, can we be praying? Not sure what's going on. Hallie's more than a friend. She became like family. Love her. Love her. So thank you so much. It just, and you know what Hallie, I don't think I ever told you this, but here's, here's what Hallie showed me. When friends become more like family, it let me know that someone else can care for me as much as I've always thought that they would. You know how you get that moment, you're like, man, I hope somebody loves me the way that When you do life and you're more than a friend, guess what? You see it firsthand. This person loves me the way I always thought, and yet it's better because God's in it. Ain't that amazing? That's our God. Ecclesiastes 4 9 says this. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Pity anyone. Proverbs 18:24 says this. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. But a real friend... Sticks closer than a brother. Another kind of one of my most impressive times, I guess, is a follow most famous time, just what joy, just it was looking back, it's one of the best times for me, is the birth of my little girl. Birth of my little girl was amazing. I was ecstatic. I was at work when my wife told me, hey, this has happened. I'm like, peace, you know, it's like I'm out. <laughs> like, I'm about to be a dad. Like, I'm excited. I'm stoked. Like, I'm about to be a dad. I'm out of here. And so I leave, and we're texting everybody, and we're letting everybody know, and it's a beautiful thing. And and, and I love it, too, because two people in particular at this point in time, the, the Chitticks, Serena and Colin Chittick, and it was amazing because we're texting them, and in minutes... You know, really after people can come in, about the time when people can come in and things are good. And and they they came. They were there. It was on a Sunday, and I was just so thankful because they were coming back to the five. But they were here. They were there with us. Right, babe? It was amazing. They brought, like, simple things, like just a little lunch for us. They brought, like, flowers for Ashley. And you know what they brought, though, that was most impressive? Just good company. Just good company. You know, in that moment, I don't need lunch. I really don't. Like, I got my baby girl there. You know what I really need? I need you to be excited for me because I just got something I've been believing for. I got something that I was believing for. It's it's like this. Like, when you have people in your life that are fighting with you, and they're fighting for you, and you get that thing, you need to be like, yes, I did it. This is exciting. But yes, but you also need those who are more than friends. They became like family, and they're celebrating you because Pastor Lucas got the breakthrough that he was looking for, and I was a part of that. Amen. That's that's what we need, and so I'm so grateful. And it's funny because in our house, uh, Auntie, well, Hallie is known as Auntie Howie. 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 Uh, she, her name's not Howie, it's just Dallas can't say the double L thing yet, so it's, it's Howie. So she, we're, we're working on her. Uh, the other thing is for Serena and, and Colin Chiddick, if you come to our house, and it, it's Auntie Rena, because she can't say the suh yet, so it's just Auntie Rena. And then, I don't know how this came about. I really don't. But uh, Colin is Coco. (laughs) I I don't really know why at all. But you got Coco, Rena, Auntie Howie. So they're family. And the beautiful thing is Dallas knows no different. All she sees is family. That's it. All she sees is family. John 15, 12 says this. My command is this. Love each other. As I have loved you. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. I have learned through all of these things that it's very hard to love from afar. If we're going to become more than friends for each other in this room, for our city, for the people in our life, the people we do connect with, we got to be comfortable with close. We can't let friends stay stuck. Yeah, right. And we eventually start out moving to where we're more like family. Yeah. And I love about family, God's family. Because I know, like, if you come from a background like mine, family doesn't always mean they'll support you. could mean the opposite. But what I love about God's family yeah, yeah. is that it does mean they support you. Yeah. It does mean they're there for you. And through the tough conversations, we're there for you. And through the hard times, I'm praying for you. And through... You see what I'm saying? Like, we're we're there for each other. It's very hard to love from afar. Love is actually most effective when it's close. Love is so effective when it's close, when it's connected. I'm encouraging you to be the one that brings it close. Be comfortable with close. Don't stay stuck. Romans 12, 5 through 6 says this in the message version. It says, in this way... We are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? You see, individually, we might be a cut off toe or cut off finger doesn't do much by itself the finger needs the hand the hand needs the arm the arm needs the shoulder we all need each other you see we can be separated and when we're isolated like that we're just like a cut off toe or cut off finger over here which doesn't amount to much but man when you connect it to the body it's amazing how alive this finger gets it's amazing what you need when you're hanging from a pull-up bar and all you got's one finger right That figure couldn't do nothing if it was chopped off, but connected to the body, it's limitless. We can do so much more together than we ever could, separated from one another. That's why you see God praying prayers like God let them dwell together in unity. For in that place, I will command a blessing. There is blessing when we're together. There's blessing when we're connected. There is blessing on us when we're moving that way. Life is way better connected than it ever has been, separated from one another. The great lie of the enemy in this time, in this age right now is to say that you are better alone than you are better with me. Because you see things that I can't see and vice versa. I see things in you that you can't see. And it's not just the hard conversations. Sometimes the hard conversations look like this. Hey, you got so much more in you, don't quit. Don't stay stuck where you are. You got more in you. You got more fight in you. And you know, sometimes I've actually had to learn how to fight through all the things I've overcome that Pastor John was saying. You know where I got most of that fighting from? Others. I wish I could say I was that smart, but it's not. I'm not. It came because I simply was connected to the house of God. And when I was facing my sister dying, the house of God was there. When I was facing suicide, the house of God was there. When I was facing anxiety and depression, the house of God was there. When I was facing, I couldn't move forward, I didn't know how to get better than what I was because I'd never seen an example, the house of God was there. It's the house of God and the connectedness that got me moving forward, not isolated. If I say to my wife, babe, I'm going to sleep in another room. <laughs> No, I'm not. It ain't going to work. It's not going to work, huh, Sterling? You're going to tell you why? Number one, I wouldn't want to, but if I say to my wife, hey, babe, I'm going to sleep in another room, that's not going to work. If I say, babe, I'm going to live in another house. You live here. I got that one over there. That's not going to work. It is not going to work, all right? If I say, hey, babe, listen, we've had enough time today. I've seen you enough. I'll see you next week about this time. We just we just need to see one time a week. It's not going to work. Oh, but my friends, love is so effective when it's close. It doesn't operate from afar off. It doesn't operate when you're in one bedroom and she's in the other bedroom. It doesn't operate well if you're living in one house and your friend's in the other house. It doesn't operate very well. Love must be close and I know sometimes in the family of God, we can say similar things to our Father, and it may look like this. It says, God, I'm going to live in another room. That won't work. You might say, God, I'm going to live in another house. That won't work. You might say to God, God, I'll see you in a week. It's been really good today. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. I'll see you in a week. It's not gonna work. Can I just say that it will not work. When you think about our relationship with the church, and you think about our relationship with one another, think of it like this. With my wife and I, I have to be close to her if it's going to go somewhere. If your relationship with God's gonna go somewhere, it needs to be close. If your relationship with the church is gonna go somewhere, it needs to be close. Amen.